Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. happened to Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Hey, look, I, you know, I apologize uh, because, you know, I joke about with quarantine, time means nothing anymore. We can just go ahead and make our own rules, but this is exceedingly late to come out on a Saturday, but I do have an excuse. I do have a reason, you know, I mean, other, other shows on previous Fridays, I've woke, I, I, you know, wake up and I'm like, oh my God, the gardeners, or I'll be doing a show and then the gardeners show up and they're like, going got their leaf blowers and all the other nonsense. Uh, actually leaf blowers. They're not doing leaf blowers. What do they work? That's, you know what that means? That means when you're out in the courtyard and they just come up and they start blowing air on you to get you to leave. There's no leaf involved. That's just them walking up with a goddamn uh, jet engine strapped on their goddamn shoulder and they blow dry you. So you'll leave. That's a leaf blower. But they have leaf blowers, and they've disrupted the schedule of the show more more times than I can count. Now, is that their fault? No. Is it my fault for doing the show when they're here? Yes, probably. Should I do the show when I'm supposed to do it or when I've been planning to do it or when I was doing it in the past? Yes, I get it. I think the show used to come out on Tuesday, and then we became Thursday for the longest time, and then Thursday became podcast day. All of a sudden, like, fucking other shows started coming out on Thursday, and my brain, I'm like, ah, fuck, I don't want to come out on a Thursday. But it just seemed like a schedule that was stuck in, in, in amber, and we were going to do the goddamn thing. Uh, but now the quarantine came along. The germ arrived, and when the germ showed up, it said, hey, Mike, do whatever the fuck you want. Doesn't matter, man. Koyaanisqatsi. Everything's fucking upside down. Do it. Uh, up is white, and black is, is down. Whatever the fuck you got to do is fine. Uh, so I took advantage of that. I took advantage of all of the uh, the 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 flaws the germ had brought to the world and I've given you the show on Fridays or Friday mornings or maybe Friday afternoon sometimes. And that's when we've had problems with the gardeners because they come in uh, and not just the gardeners with Ava Gardner. I had a problem with Ava Gardner. I think I did that on this show, didn't I? I talked about that. See, this is where my brain works. Unfortunately, you listen to the show often enough and I'll go off on a tangent and you'll be like, ah, that guy did that tangent a couple of days ago because the word gardener makes me think Ava Gardner. Uh, and I, I, you know what? I disqualify myself because I've done them both. All right, good. that's a show from like two months ago. Why is that still living in my brain? You know what I need? I need one of those goddamn leaf blowers to blow it into my fucking in one ear and blow it out the other. Get that goddamn Ava Gardner bit out of my fucking head. Why am I bringing that goddamn thing up for everybody to go ahead and listen to a second time, a third time, a fourth time? Uh, out of breath. Uh, but as I said to you, I, I have a, a reason we're coming out on a Saturday today. Um... You know, I, I, the gardeners, yeah, certainly they're noisy and loud, but uh, I don't know if you've been following the news, but here, I will tell you this, if, if, on this Friday, uh, 
There's been nothing but sirens here in Los Angeles, so I couldn't possibly record a show until this late in the night. And there's still people out there acting the fool. There's still a bunch of stuff going on. There's still uh, cops being jag-offs and people uh, smashing mailboxes, whatever the fuck they're doing. Uh, But they've calmed down a little bit, so the sirens have been turned off. Uh, So I was able to finally sit down and do this show now at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night. Um... Is that a lie? Maybe, partially. There weren't sirens all day, but there were certainly a ton of sirens. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, everything's ended. Have you looked out your window lately? Are you watching the news? Did you see that the world has changed? And by changed, I mean not really changed. The bad shit is still fucking happening. It's just now it's happening at a, at a higher frequency. And I, I don't know what to think or do about it. I don't. And I, I got to tell you, so let's talk about this right now. Uh, I paralyzed my fucking brain with how to do this show. I wasn't sure. I sat and I thought, and I, because, um, you know, I, I was numb the the last couple of days, two, three days. And, and this is, this is what I'm going to get to. All right. I'm, I, all I can do is be truthful with you guys and tell you how I felt and what I've done. And I worry because I think it sounds like performative grief. I don't want it to sound like, uh, oh, you know, this is a terrible thing for me. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. I mean, it means something to me as a person, as it should, as, as a feeling entity who sees terrible things happening, um, you have to have the empathy within yourself to see it and just go, Jesus fucking Christ, what is going on? Um, but then to pivot around as we all do now, because we all have the megaphone, we all have the magnifying glass and we all have a voice. We all have a keyboard and we all have an outlet, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. God, I don't know what you're doing on Snapchat. If you're making a TikTok dance about a guy getting murdered, good, good fucking luck. I don't know if you're taking a knee, whatever the fuck you're doing. Good for you. Again, I have not opened the TikTok app and I won't because I know it's a trap. I know that I, I downloaded the fucking thing and it knows that I, my phone knows that I'm 52. It, it knows every other goddamn thing about me. What was I doing the other day? I talked about Ritz crackers with somebody and I swear to God, I went into Facebook and there was a Ritz crackers ad, which also, what the fuck are you even doing? I look, I talked about Ritz crackers. Did you, did you not hear? I guess maybe I said I liked them, but my question is if I had said, you know what? I fucking hate Ritz crackers. Would they have still come at me with the goddamn ad? If I would have opened Facebook with it, I'd been like, you know what? Here's a fellow we've got to bring around to our side. <laughs> come around to our way of thinking, buddy. You know what? You don't like the Ritz crackers we heard? Well, check this out. Now they're in a box that's red. Well, you've always been in a box that's red. Ha ha. That's, that's where you're wrong, sir. When we were first uh, uh, put out, we were in a green box. No, no. I believe that's the club crackers. Shut up and buy the Ritz. That, that's that's my whole exchange with the ad from the Ritz people. Um, so we know the phone knows what I'm doing and the phone hears me saying things and it, it knows how to take me in certain directions. So uh, so I think when I put the TikTok on my phone, it knew that I was 52 and now it's just waiting to spring a trap on me. As a 52-year-old man, if I ever open the goddamn thing up and there's a 17-year-old girl doing a, the Fortnite dance in a bikini, the door gets kicked in, I get tackled. Uh, the bullshit, actually, we've seen recent events. The door gets kicked in, it's cops, and they go, sir, could you possibly come with us? We'll stop at Burger King. And I'm like, cool, that's good. And they all shake my hand and go, ha ha, you're in the club with us. And they wink and their teeth give that ding noise because they all use Pepsodent. Uh, because I'm in the club. I'm in the white guy club, man. They're not going to fucking take me out. You think they're going to kick in my door and fucking shoot me or stab me or hit me with a fucking baton? I made a mistake on this show a couple of weeks ago. I got to be honest with you. Um, I was talking about the state of the world and talking about how everything was going to fucking hell. And I believe in passing, I may have made the phrase uh, this. I may have said this phrase. Uh, You know, it's not really about black and white. It's about rich and poor in this fucking country. And the sooner we can focus on that, the better. And uh, and boy, recent events have put lie to that fucking statement, haven't they? And recent events have certainly made sure that we can't focus on that. The sooner than uh, the better or whatever the fuck I said. Um, 
because I will tell you this, it is about rich versus poor. There's no doubt. Uh, but, but it is, it is clearly, and I forgot this to my detriment. I forgot this. This was my fault because I have said since I lived in Lake Tahoe, and this is not a joke. And I hope, you know, I, I always sound like this fucking guy who's dredging up my past and going, well, I'll tell you, I saw this coming and no, I'm not that fucking dude, but I've told you, I, I, the guy who's president now, I fucking hated him. I've hated him my whole life because I got spy magazine when I was at high school and they exposed him for this charlatan fraud that he was back then. He was a guy whose fingers always smelled like supermodels and he had his daddy's money. And that's a reason I hate anybody. I don't give a fuck. Uh, on top of that, the bad hair, the fact that he's a fathead, he's bragging, he's, well, he's talking all sorts of shit. He's a great baseball player. He's fucking people over on real estate. He's bankrupt to casinos and selling me a fucking steak. And I'm just like, well, that's, you know, again, all that shit was on top of the cherry that he had stacks of daddy's cash that allowed him to have, uh, you know, a, a hand that smelled like hooker pussy all the fucking time. And good for him. Fine. Okay. But I still hated him. Just because he just seemed like such a fucking terrible guy, right? Um, so I, I don't, but I don't want to sound like I'm this prescient soothsayer. It's like, mm, I'll tell you, I saw the danger of Trump years ago. No, I didn't. I didn't see any danger. I thought he was just going to be a fuckhead who bothered me occasionally on Saturday Night Live and Howard Stern. That was it. Just another rich ghost who floated through my life and annoyed me by saying boo at the wrong fucking time. But instead, he's become this... This, I've been possessed by him. I, like I literally, I, instead of him just being this, like I said, this rich fucking ghost who made his way through my life and possibly said boo occasionally if I saw him, he's now inside me like the devil and the fucking exorcist. And I got to spin my head. No matter how much green shit I fucking puke out, I can't get him out of my system. I don't care if Father Karras goes ahead and leaps through the fucking window, down the stairs, whatever the fuck happens, man. I just, I, I, I wish I could spider walk this fucking guy out of my system. I don't want to hear his name ever again. I don't want to see it. I don't want to fucking, I didn't see it. I never hear it. I'll do nothing to no one ever in my life. I never heard of it. Not a word of it. I, I don't have any proof. I just doing a song here by the who for no good reason, but I just, I just don't want him anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds so fucking stupid to say, but it's just his, his time is up. It's expired, man. It's enough. You've done so much fucking damage. Go. But I don't want to sound like a guy who saw this coming. You know what I mean? Because I mean, look, when he said he's running for president, I was like, whatever, fuckhead. Like, but I had no, no concept, no clue. Because I didn't, I didn't realize how unbelievably terrible our country was. And, and you're going to come at me with the, it's a grand old flag. It's a high flying flag and all this fucking red, white and blue stripey nonsense and stars and bullshit. And good for you, man. That's awesome. You served. I love it. I would never do it. I don't have the fucking courage or the wherewithal or the physical capability to do the thing you did when you served in the service. And I hope it benefited you. And I hope you wear it proudly. Good for you. I hope it didn't cause too many fucking nightmares when you were asked to do things that you didn't want to do, whether it's clean up a fucking latrine or shoot four babies in the face. I don't know what you fucking did with your life, but whatever it is, make peace with it with yourself and whatever you had to do, you had to do. And that's fine. And I respect you for it, man. It's your choice. Uh, why not respect you if you shot five babies in the face? I got to be honest with you. I, Cause I mean, look, if you shot people in the face, that's different. You know, I, you know, I, I can't look, I saw fucking saving private Ryan when that dude was in the fucking fight of his life in the house and the German guy buried the dagger in him fucking to the hilt real quiet and silent. Like, I mean, that's just fucking spooky and scary. And that's, that's enough to keep you out of the goddamn army, Navy, air force, Marines, coast guard, national guard, uh, it's better if I was a bouncer, you know what I mean? Where, where dudes with knives and guns and shit were in my orbit. I don't want to fucking go and do it for real. Like it was a real job. 
I don't want to be charged. Look, when I was when I was a bouncer, I was in charge of protecting the foundation room at the House of Blues. Little different than protecting the United States of America. Okay, it's a small microcosm, and certainly Dan Aykroyd owns a piece of all of them, uh, or both of them certainly. Uh, I and at any given moment, you could be in a House of Blues, which are gone now. But back then, or here in America, you could look into a dark corner and you could see Dan Aykroyd holding court with five Asian women. You could do that. It worked. That's the way it went. You could go and get uh, get hugged by Slash from Guns N' Roses as he came out of a personal meeting with Alice Cooper. That could anywhere happen anywhere in this great land of ours. Uh, but I can't call it a war story. You know, you might have different war stories. But again, please don't tell me if you shot five babies. I don't want to know that you shot five fucking babies, man. And unless it's some fucking weird story where they sent babies at you in waves. Because yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what the fucking Iraqis did or whoever the fuck we went to war with. Uh, I, you know, they, and, and, but also at the same time, you know, when I was a kid, man, they told you war, uh, what was it good for? No, they didn't. The song did. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, again, it was sports, man. We're like, ha ha, here comes America to fuck up Iran. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm 13. So let's turn the Middle East into glass, dude. Um, but now, like I said, you just realize that people are people all over the goddamn joint. Fucking David Gahane was right, man. Uh, and, and, uh, and, but also, so I, so when I say that they came out with a wave of babies, I, I don't know what guerrilla warfare was like. I, I didn't step on an IED. I didn't have a guy come up with a bowl of Oliver fucking millet and go, please, sir, I want some bomb. And then fucking blow up your whole ridiculous. Good morning, Vietnam. Goddamn outdoor cafe. Uh, I didn't have my friend Johnny and I can't find his legs. I mean, none of that shit happened to me. Okay. So I understand you've got traumatic shit pinging around in your fucking head. So I, 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 Whatever you did, you did. All right. That's my point, I guess, is my point. Um, was that my point? I don't know if it was. What the fuck was I even talking about? I was talking about army, army dudes or whatever the fuck. Um, oh, I was, uh, was I talking about Trump? Possibly. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I, I just, I can't. I don't fucking. Anyway, I hated him. I fucking hated him forever. It was just not a guy that I was on board with. I just didn't dig him. But also, uh, when I say that I for, I'm, I'm angry at myself because, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, I was like, ah, it's about rich and poor, man. It's not about black and white. You know who says that? White guys. You're goddamn right. White guys have the privilege of being able to say that. White guys have the uh, the the... They can sit and pontificate. They can sit in an overstuffed chair and go, well, you know, I believe it isn't really about black and white. Yeah, you know fucking why? Because you're in the club. You're in the fucking club, just like I'm in the fucking club. And I might be poor and and fucking out of shape and sitting around like a dope doing nothing and, and, and talking like a fucking idiot at the speed of my goddamn head, but I'm still in the club. I've made this comment how many times during the course of this show? I said, hey, look, man, I'm a 50-year-old white guy. I'm a 40-year-old white guy. No bad shit's really going to happen to me. That's really not. I mean, eventually cancer will get me, right? Because that's what cancer does. Cancer is just lying in wait like a like a fucking palm frond covered hole in the middle of my life jungle waiting for me to step in it, land on a pile of fucking punji sticks so it can take out a liver or a pancreas or whatever the fuck. Probably a prostate. That's probably what I'll get. Final humiliation so I can't get it up anymore. What a fucking drag. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's coming. But you know cancer's coming for me. Heart attack, diabetes, a cancer, all those fucking things are coming for me. And and there's no discrimination for the skin color. It's, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a white dude, black dude, whatever the fuck, cancer, diabetes. But that's the thing. I I odds are good. I'm gonna, I can think to myself. Well, you know, it's gonna be a heart attack, uh, probably diabetes, maybe cancer. One of those will get me. Very rarely will I be killed by cop knee to the trachea. I got to say that that's not on my list of deaths that I see envisioning for myself. I I don't see that there's really any chance. And I've done some stupid shit. And, and that's the thing. It's an, I, I have done stupid shit. I mean, I have had, look, I, again, because I'm in the club. 
That's it. That's it. That's the main thing, man. It's just, it's just, and I recognize that and I need to know that. And so that's why I have the, uh, and again, these words become buzzwords where people are like, oh, you're woke or, oh, you've got this performative, this, or, oh, you're, you're virtue signaling or, oh, you're, uh, hey, 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 you can put any fucking stupid label you want on it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's the fucking truth. I'm white. I have privilege. It's a word I hate. I, I fucking can't stand it just because it's been used as a, as a cudgel. It's used as a weapon. It's used as an accusatory label. Uh, privilege. Privilege. It, it just it seems to lose its meaning to some extent. But, I, but, but you have to recognize that you have it. And I fucking have it. Like I said, I've done stupid shit. I've, I have, I, I assaulted somebody under the color of authority. And when authority showed up, they took my side. Even, even though honestly, just, I mean, yeah, the guy spit in my face or whatever the fuck. And I, and then, so I headbutted him in the face and almost choked him to death because I lost my fucking mind. Uh, you know, I should have gone to fucking jail, man. Uh, there, there's there's plenty of shit that I've done in the past where I you know I've wound up having to talk like I was at, at the Springsteen concert I attacked a guy literally leaped out of a car and attacked a guy I was on top of him fucking raining right hands and then they grabbed me and I look up and I'm like oh hi to the cop and she's like get out of here like they just told me I could go because I have privilege now it might seem stupid to say that I've got the privilege of dying of cancer I've got the privilege of dying of heart attacks or I've got the privilege of dying from a stroke. But when you weigh with the fact that there are black families who have to have a conversation with their kid, and by, by when I say there are black families, from what I'm seeing and from what I'm understanding, this is a conversation that a lot of black families have to have with the children in the family where they have to warn them to act differently around police or authority or they could wind up dead. And I don't doubt this because we've seen it happen. How many, how many times have we seen it fucking happen? Let's talk about this for a second. Um... Didn't I cover this shit two fucking shows ago? Didn't I? Didn't I come on here and I talked about Ahmad Arbery and, and I talked about him. He's death while jogging and how fucking disgusting it was. The two goddamn moonshine jugs with beards just rolled up on that cat and fucking killed him in the middle of the fucking street. And then people still were arguing. Oh, and they, because this is the thing they do. They always try to find a way to fucking hang it on him. Oh, did you see he was, he was poking around a construction site. So fucking what? So What? Dylan Roof shot 85 people in a church. Those numbers might not be correct, but they did take him to Burger King afterwards. Some other dude shot 23 people and lived and they fucking took him away in cuffs. He wasn't bleeding. They didn't beat on him. They didn't jump on the fucking guy. But he's in the club. And this gets to the root of me talking about stuff when I say other oh, people who are punished or the people who are being ostracized around the world because of their skin color, because they were born somewhere else. But I, I, I'm a white American. So that's two fucking exclusive clubs I was born into. And I have the privilege of never having to think about being a white American. At least I have until this point in my life. I've never had to consider what was going to happen to me as a white American if I went somewhere or did something. Because I'm the fucking norm dude i'm the i'm the fucking i'm in the club so i've never had to think honestly seriously 
that I could have my life ended at a traffic stop because I said the wrong thing to the wrong guy or he didn't like the way I looked. Or when he played high school football, he got trucked by somebody and he'll never fucking forget it. So he's been taking out his goddamn frustrations for the rest of his fucking life behind a tin five star and a goddamn six gun. It's embarrassing to see what's happened to this world. And I say that knowing full well that this world has been this way for how long? Decades, years, months, hundred years. I mean, we've only been here for what? 250 years or whatever the fuck. I'm not going to do the math. Hold on. Sirens. You hear him? <laughs> Two in the morning didn't save us. I don't, I don't. So I, so I put the show off. I did because I also, like I said, I, when I talk about performative grief, uh, you know, cause I, I generally, I didn't want to come in here and try to be funny Wilson or whatever the fuck. I'm like, you know what? Treat this with, with reverence. Be serious about this. Come in and, you know, you really got to discuss this because it means something to me. You know, when people used to ask me about this show, I used to talk about the persona. It was gleeful Jagoff. It was a guy who would relate to terrible things that he'd done, but he'd do it in such a way that you'd be like that cad. Look at that charming rogue out there punching the fuck out of a car. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, I can't believe that guy kicked Debbie Sandusky in the face, sliding into second base in seventh grade. Oh, how funny is that story? Uh, they're funny. Yes. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this story real quick. If when I was in school, I hid in somebody's shower and I was black, do you think I I would be even telling you this story now from anywhere but inside the prison library as I tried to get somebody to hear my fucking story? No, no, no. Now, granted, she didn't catch me. But let me ask you this again. Just say that that woman sits down and she senses that I'm there. Now, if she sees me, you know, I could probably explain it away as youthful hijinks, whatever the fuck. There would have been something. But if I'm a black dude hiding in a white woman's shower, please, please, motherfuckers. Not only do they lock me up and throw away the key, they in, they literally get rid of all keys you, you think the key cards that open up your fucking hotel room are a big fucking gadget these days? I mean, if, if, if it was 1980 fucking four and I pulled that shit off, they'd lock me up, throw away the key, and then they would actually invent new keys so that I could never fucking get out. But I'm in the club. So I've been able to do stupid shit and never have to worry. Well, superficial worries. You know, you worry about getting in trouble or whatever, but I never worried about somebody fucking putting all of their body weight on my goddamn collarbone and my windpipe and kneeling on me for eight minutes and 46 fucking seconds while I told him I was dying and asked for my mom. It's a fucking tragedy what is going on out there. It's terrible. It's, it's awful it's just embarrassing and enraging and 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 as i've talked about on this show so many times you have impotent rage what can i do what can i do what can i fucking do i i i see the stuff that's happening and i i you know and look we've been talking about it for a long time man you know i i talked about it with fucking trayvon uh, what fucking Botham Jean in, in Dallas, the dude who fucking, he, the, the woman entered his own apartment cause she thought it was hers. What, what the fuck? And then she shot him dead. 
And then, yeah, she got found guilty of murder, but so what? Still, people were like trying to defend her. That's the thing that drives you crazy. If you're a black person, if you're if you're a black man, a black woman, whatever, black teenager, whatever the fuck, if you're a young black teenager, you're in a band that opened for the Beastie Boys when I saw them, listen to me. <laughs> if you're any of those things, you have to see these stories. And again, it's it, I can think of no greater fucking crime than to become numb to the thought of possibly being killed by authority and not getting justice for it. And that has to be, that's an everyday existence for whether you're young or old. I mean, cause again, Trayvon Martin, they would, they would and this, cause this is the thing they always do. They try to retroactively blame that person for their own demise or their own plight. When in reality, they were fucking executed, man. Again, George Zimmerman, we talked about it on the show when I said I was team hoodie. You don't need to fucking follow this kid. You don't need you. You suspected him of something because he wore a hoodie or whatever the fuck. And then you wound up in a fight with him. And yeah, he's banging your head into the fucking concrete. But that's an ass whooping you got to take is you fucking jumped at the kid, man. And then you shoot the fucking kid and you try to say you were scared for your fucking life. Stay in the car. Roll up the fucking window. It's none of your business, man. But all these motherfucking Barney fights with one bullet in their pocket when I go out and fucking save the world. And in saving what they think is their world, you are ending somebody else's and ending not just, not just one person. You might be stopping one person from breathing, but you are ending the life of that person's mother and their significant other and their kids or their aunt or their best friend or whomever the fuck ever cared about them in their entire life. You took it all away because you couldn't sit in your fucking car. Because you saw a black guy and you thought, oh yeah, that guy's got to be up to no good just because he's a fucking black guy. Oh yeah, he looks suspicious. Why? Why? Well, he had a hoodie on. Oh, okay, he had a hoodie on and when he had the hood up. Oh, really? Let me ask you this. Why do they make that fucking product if you're not supposed to put the fucking hood on if you get cold? Why? He just looks suspicious. No, he looks suspicious to you because you're a fucking jagoff. Because you've decided to make yourself judge, jury, and executioner of people that are different from you, people that scare you, people that intimidate you, because you feel fucking small. Maybe his ears were fucking cold. You ever think about that? You got a hoodie. You got a hood? Put it up. I do. I've put the hood up on my hoodies many times. You know why? Because my ears were fucking cold. Now, look, it messes up my hair. Certainly, that's an issue. But that's something I've thought about when I've weighed the odds and thought to myself, well, pros and cons, messed up hair, but warm ears. Let's fucking do it. But never once do I have to go, well, if I put this hoodie up, well, it's going to mess up my hair, but I'll have warm ears. But eventually, some fucking nobody goddamn neighborhood vigilante cocksucker is going to come at me with a Derringer and put me in the fucking ground, man. I don't think like that because I have the privilege where I don't fucking have to. I'm embarrassed a couple of weeks ago I said it was about rich and poor and not so much about black and white. I, I'm blind to that. But again, it's it, there's a reason because I'm in the fucking club. Two weeks ago, we talked about Ahmad Arbery. We didn't even talk about Breonna Taylor, who's, who's in her own apartment and a no-knock warrant. These guys get the wrong fucking place. They kick in her door. Her boyfriend, to, he's armed. He, he grabs a gun to fucking fight off whoever the fuck is charging into their apartment because you know what? Uh, stand your ground and all that fucking bullshit we've been told is something that works for real people, but apparently not in this case because then a fusillade of fucking bullets went ahead and put this fucking chick in the ground for no fucking reason. 
and then they get the wrong house. No body cams. And uh, and now the FBI is going to take a look at the case. You know, just fuck. So what? So fucking what? So what if you find that the entire fucking department was corrupt and it was a hit on Breonna Taylor for whatever fucking reason? What does that do? Does it bring her back? No, it fucking doesn't, man. And that's the thing is there's always this weird excuse. There's always some weird reason. Like, you know, because they'll say, oh, yeah, young black men are intimidating or scary. Well, George Floyd is not a young man by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah, but no, then he's big and scary. Yeah, no, he was he was out of control or we thought he could do something. Really? So so maybe you stand down and you try to talk to him and calm him down. And then, oh, he came at me. He did this. There's a rage or he could have gotten my gun or he, uh, I, I, if you, if you can't defuse these situations without killing normal people, then you shouldn't be a fucking cop. And, and look, there are cops who listen to this show. There's a cop who's a really good friend of mine and, and I respect him. And he and I talked about this and he was like, Hey man, I'm fucking sick about this. So are my friends. This is fucking terrible. And, and I get it because every time some shit like this happens, it just resets the fucking clock. Like you can make as much fucking progress as you fucking want with your community, reaching out, being a friend, being whatever the fuck, you know, you can be chief O'Hara walking around, getting an apple from the fucking local grocer going, Hey, top of the morning to eyes, everybody. I don't know why Sergeant O'Hara is Italian, but he is, but you're fucking walking around. You're and you're walking a beat and your friends and whatever the fuck, who cares? Because the second some fucking brass knuckle steakhead who's also got a badge comes to town and he tunes up some fucking teenager all your trust is gone and now it's nationwide it's not even like you can have this trust established in your neighborhood and someone's got to fuck up your neighborhood no you can have all this trust established you can go ahead and be known as a a good cop or somebody in your neighborhood and then a national broadcast of cops executing somebody in the fucking street instantly makes people trust you less But this isn't about cops. This is about a group of people who are fucking terrified because they could be killed any fucking time they go out of their house. And people will always find a retro explanation for why they fucking deserved it. Oh, George Floyd, he was resisting arrest. Oh, and oh, he and then the fucking autopsy thing comes up. First of all, we all see the video. And it's it's just far too poetic that he died kneeling on his neck. It's just, especially when you you contrast it with the Kaepernick kneeling, it's just, it, it if this was in a movie, you'd laugh at it. It's so on the fucking nose. People lose their minds because a black football player kneels to bring attention to police brutality. He's drummed out of the fucking league, loses his fucking career. And now cops kill a guy by taking a knee on his fucking throat. The very police brutality that that football player was trying to draw attention to and was called a son of a bitch by the president of the fucking United States for doing. It's almost like, and I look, I don't want to cast aspersions here or get into the head of a psychopath, but it's almost like that cop decided, you know what? I'm going to do this on fucking purpose to assert dominance and show that we can never do what the fuck we want, whatever the fuck. Because I mean, the look on his face. I and, and again, forgive me. I don't know a whole lot about the street. I'm not a guy in the fucking street. I'm not that cat. 
when I was a bouncer, I, I, I did what I had to fucking do when I had to fucking do it. But other than that, I wasn't brave or tough in any fucking way. I was big. That's the reason I got bouncer jobs. I wasn't some fucking guy with knuckle dusters ready to fucking smoke anybody. I was just big and mad. That was the only reason I got those gigs. I wasn't brave and I wasn't tough at all. But that did not look like the first time that guy put a knee on somebody's fucking neck. The only thing missing from that guy was a fucking beer cozy in his hand. Seriously. He looked like he was on the fucking dock ready for the boat to hop in and go fucking uh, uh, catch some goddamn minnows or whatever the fuck. But first he had to kill this black dude before they went out and, and caught some fucking rays. He was so nonchalant about it. That's why I speculate, hey, not the first time. And again, we see he's got like fucking, what, 10 other complaints, been in three other shootings. I mean, you just, you just gotta, that's a, that's a dangerous person. That's a dangerous man. That's a dangerous entity. And he's, he's operating under the color of authority. And that, that is, that is not a problem I have a solution for. I've been reading stories for years now about cops becoming, you know, very, very alt-right. And a lot of these, um, you know, white supremacy groups gaining a foothold inside police departments and, and people genuinely wondering, well, what side will they be on if the shit hits the fucking fan? And, uh, because I've had the privilege to not really think about it in depth, I've always just been like, well, come on. I mean, it can't be that fucking crazy. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not that thing where they're all going to just fucking turn around and point their guns at the chief and kill him and then take over. I mean, that can't fucking happen. But this shit keeps fucking going on and on. And now I find myself questioning it every time I fucking see one of these interactions. We've done this a million times. That's the sad part. We've talked about this a million fucking times. We didn't talk about fucking Eric Garner. Eric Garner selling cigarettes, whatever the fuck. And look, I, 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 you're going to write me and go, no, don't you understand? He was doing this. He was a big guy. Or he attacked a cop. Or he reached for somebody's gun. Or, yeah, there's always a fucking excuse. Always. But you don't have to put these fucking guys to death. You want to tell me George Floyd fucking forged a goddamn check? Whatever. You're telling me five guys can't put him in cuffs and then have him sit there on the curb? I mean, I've seen it enough fucking times with white guys where they take their IDs and they make them stand there while they run a fucking check on them. And you can come at me with, hey, it's a scary job or it's this, you know, because I've had to see. That's another thing, man, because like I said, I was very worried about doing this and I still am. I don't know what the fuck's happening here. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm a comedian, man. Again, as I've said, uh, as a disclaimer, all these other times that I do these fucking shows, you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to be like, oh, well, Mike's got all the answers or Mike's doing. I, and if I if I fucking made you mad, I'm sure I've made you mad in the past. If you want to bail on me because of this shit, then that's fine. But stuff's got to fucking change, man. This country, you know, I, I used to be like, oh, this world. Oh, my God, this world's a toilet. Oh, what's going to happen in this fucking world? Hey, man, I, I'm tired of it. That's the macro view. We got to look at the micro view and look at this fucking country. 
that was built on slave labor, that, that, that was built, slave labor? Did I say labor? You know, Rod Laver, tennis player Rod Laver built this country himself. I don't know if you know that. That's how he got in such good shape for Wimbledon. That fucking guy, he built the White House. He built Monticello for fuck's sake. Rod Laver, the tennis player, by himself with a rake and a spade, went ahead and got it done, digging shit up, raking it out, and building a giant house. You ever see a fucking tennis player hang drywall? You think Ellie Nastasi could build this country? No, he could not, that motherfucker. You think John Newcomb? You think John McEnroe, Bjorn Borg could build this country? You think a Jimmy Connors could get it done? No, only Australian Rod Laver could build this goddamn country, baby. He stepped up, he built Monticello, he built the fucking White House, he built the Capitol building. Now, I will admit this. He had to call his doubles partner, Tim Wilkinson, to help him with the Capitol building. <laughs> I have no idea if that's his partner, but how great would it be if it was? I mean, is Tim Wilkinson, is he a tennis player? I hope so, Jesus. Fuck it, hey. Look, man, we started talking about the death of black men and we brought Illy Nastasi into it. And I, but honestly, if Google Illy Nastasi, it wouldn't surprise me if he'd killed a black guy in the past 10 years. Not a good guy, that Illy Nastasi. Uh, I, I, this is a country built on slave labor. This is a country that, that appropriates black culture and throws away black people. And I, uh, you know, I don't know what to do about it. I don't, I don't have any fucking answers. And that's why I said in the beginning here, I don't want this to sound like, you know, I didn't want this to turn into a very special episode of the 40 year old boy podcast. And in my brain, I'm like, well, maybe I won't do a theme song or I won't, maybe I won't do this or that. Or I, you know, I, I've thought about this for two days while immersing myself and meriting myself in clips of this country getting burned and rightfully fucking so. And I, I, I didn't want to come in and be all, you know, because again, look, I'm a broadcaster, if nothing else, you know, the fuck I am. You hear me talking every fucking week. So if I, uh, if I started to talk like this and, you know, open the show with him in Minneapolis this week, George Floyd lost his life. I mean, yeah, that would, that would, what am I, again, that's that Michael Moore bullshit where he's like, uh, emergency update. Uh, this country is, uh, is spinning off its axis and it's because of the Cheeto in charge in Washington um, this is a red alert. This is a red alert from Michael Moore telling you that the loss of a George Floyd, uh, in addition to the losses of an Eric Garner in the past, and this is, this is changing the trajectory of who we are as a people in a country. And yeah, fuck all that. Fuck you. Fuck you, Michael Moore with your bullshit, fake, somber nonsense. I don't want to be that fucking guy. I mean, I do. I want to pay as much respect as I can to the topic at hand, but also I'm fucking mad, man. And I'm also exhausted. And that's, you know, I'm embarrassed to say that to you. I'm embarrassed to say to you that I'm exhausted by hearing all of these stories. Because if that isn't fucking privilege, I don't know what is. It, it doesn't touch my life at all. Okay. I'm not living any of this. I don't have any fear when I step out the fucking door that I could die in a hail of fucking bullets because of my melanin content. I, I, I don't think that way at all. I've never had to. I'm just a dopey white guy tripping through fucking life, trying to have adventures like fucking Kung Fu. That's all I'm fucking doing. Black guy couldn't be Kung Fu. There's a reason they couldn't have black guy be Kung Fu. It was bad enough he was Asian. He showed up at a town. They're like, hey, fuck you. Go sleep with the goats. And then he did because he was Kung Fu. He's like, all right, I'm a cool guy. Whatever the fuck. I'll snatch the pebble out of your hand and I'll sleep with the fucking goats. All I ask is one night. I just want a bowl of rice and I want to fucking relax. 
And then fucking four miners would come to town and go, hey, there, chink, you better go ahead and dig out the mine for us. And he'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? I had a blind dad and whatever the fuck. You guys are all mad at me. They're like, you heard a slanty eye. And then he kicks the fuck out of everybody. I got news for you. What we never saw, because again, we saw him, then he has to go to another fucking town where everybody's wandering around like fucking Bruce Banner. But at the same time, I would love to see a Kung Fu show where like, you know, he kicks everybody's ass because they call him fucking racist names and shit like that. And then the next week, Kung Fu's not even in it. It's just like the next week in that town. And it's the guys healing from their bruises and their broken bones and shit. And they're just like, man, who's that Kung Fu asshole? That guy fucked us up. Did anybody learn a lesson from that? That's what I want to know. If Kung Fu came to your town, you made him sleep at the goats, and then five miners are like, hey, shit bag, grab a fucking shovel and work for your Mugu guy fuck. And then he was like, all right, whatever, you guys are rude. And then he fucking throws a spin kick on Ninia, hits the rest of you with a shovel, tips his fucking crazy peasant farmer hat to a lady, and then wanders off barefoot into the, the sun setting in the east or whatever the fuck. Uh, that's a trick, by the way. If he, if he wanders off into the sun setting in the east, there is a problem. That is that is bad writing. I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't know what fucking part of the planet he's in. By the way, he's not on this planet if the sun is setting in the east. Either way, he wanders off into a sunset and fucking disappears. Then, and that's fine. All right, we, and the next week, we're with Kung Fu with another adventure with racist assholes in a small town. But I want, I want a Kung Fu episode that focuses on the other town. Like, how do they live that down? Are they are they just busting each other's balls at a bar like there's dudes with like broken small joint lock fingers and shit like that? Or somebody who's got a fucking hematoma the size of a goddamn softball above their eye from getting shin kicked by the fucking Chinese guy who wandered through town because you were assholes. All he wanted to do was have soup and a goat nap. And you guys fucking said, hey, buddy, why don't you come and do some fucking hard ass work? And then you called him a celestial and you made fun of him and asked him to do your fucking laundry. So then he landed five shins on you assholes and left you all laying. And they're always brothers. There's, you know, oh, my God, the Hill brothers are here. They're going to make fun of that China man. Oh, are they really? Let's see that happen. And they get laid the fuck out. And it's off into the sunset for Kung Fu. He's done. But I want to come back the next week, like I said, and see the Hill brothers sitting in the bar and they're trying to be all tough and stuff. And they're like, ah, give us that old panther and make sure you rouse me up a steak. They're like, fuck you. Maybe we'll call a Chinaman to smack your ass around. And he's like, God damn it. Don't bring up that Chinaman. Like, I want to see just a whole episode that deals with the aftermath of Kung Fu. Just have Kung Fu. You know, that's a that's not a bad idea for a show. Kung Fu. And then aftermath of Kung Fu. So like you got Kung Fu because they have they have the talking dead after walking dead. And they're like, let's analyze what happened. Well, let's have another show after a show. Have Kung Fu for an hour and then an hour of embarrassment fucking Olympics from the people who got their asses beat by Kung Fu and how the whole town looks at them differently. And they don't know how to fucking handle themselves. I like it. God damn. Look at me creating on the goddamn fly. I never I never have to worry about bad things happening to me. I, I I never have to go and think to myself, oh man, I should I wear a dark shirt? Because just in case somebody sees me reach into my hoodie pocket, they fucking put four in my chest because they think that I'm reaching for something that isn't fucking sparkly candy. I can't imagine the pressures people are under in this country. I can't imagine the pressures black people have. They came up after what happened in Ferguson, they came up, they, Black Lives Matter became a, a saying, a group, a hashtag. And it, it was seized upon with derision by white people. To this day, still, they, they consider, it's like they say Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And, uh, and it drips with condescension and they've been, because they've been told that they're, those are terrible organizations. They, 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 anything that professes to fight for a group that isn't predominantly white 
and straight is ostracized is is marginalized is made fun of is destroyed you know i i again i don't know stuff i don't know these things you know i i know what i've read i know that i think i think at least 5 of the ferguson activists have been burned to death <laughs> i i mean not not even like happenstance possibly died you know that but I, i'm talking like you know, if they if they were killed or they ate they ate bad fucking trout, whatever the fuck, there'd always be some fucking weird. But no, burned to death, man. Like fucking Doctor Fibes bullshit. Like messages being sent. And here's the thing, I don't know what to believe. That's another issue. Like I said, I'm embarrassed. I'm exhausted by this because it doesn't touch my life at all. I I don't live this life, but yet I do have fatigue from hearing these stories, only because it hurts me so bad that we will never fix it. Don't you have that feeling too? Don't you have that coursing through your veins and your brains, the very thought that this is so broken it will never come around? Whenever I see white people arguing, they try to deal with this, they, you know, they, they talk about these racist incidents. That's what they say. And they go, oh, they play the race card. Oh, it's always these racial incidents that uh, everybody gets upset about. No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe 50 years ago, people were upset by racial incidents, okay? Because you would hear about them, there would be scuttlebutt, whatever the fuck, and, and, and black people still trying to find their way in this country. But it's, it's time now. It's, it's time for black people to just be people. And you have to recognize these are not racial incidents. This is racism, period. Don't try to, to, to explain it away by saying these are isolated incidents. I can, I can, I, I can name you five that happened in the past two weeks. You see them happening. You, you, and you see it, like I said, it's gross that everybody has this voice now and everybody has this fucking megaphone. And I, you know, I had, I had to deal with again, look, I grew up in a fucking, I grew up in Chicago uh, and, and there's people who are still firmly planted right where they fucking stood. When I left, they haven't learned, they haven't changed. They haven't grown one fucking bit. And that's fine, man. You want to stay in your hometown. You want to drink with your old friends. You want to work at a job that you fucking know about. I, I got no issue with that. You want to stay home, stay home, but your heart and your head have to leave at some point. If only to accept that there is more out there than what you know. So you, you can't be rooted in your prejudices forever. You can stay in a physical location. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to learn and expand and know that the world is not the only thing that you live. Your world is not, it's too small. It's too fucking small. There is so much more out there. And this is why people become scared. They're scared of immigrants. They're scared of the Haitians. They're scared of the Guatemalans. Any, any pick a country, pick a fucking country. People are scared they're going to come over here. They're going to take our jobs. They're going to take our farms. They're going to stay in our vacation homes. Whatever the fuck. Everybody has a fucking excuse. Everybody hangs it on them. It's fear and it's anger and it's and it's useless, man. Useless. Maybe you're fucking mad you're hanging drywall in your hometown 
and you hide it by going out and partying with your friends and then hating minorities or whatever the fuck or being angry. Cause I, I've seen that. I there's I look, I'm not going to get into it. There's a guy I know who literally went, yeah, no, my union's been taken over by like the Mexicans, man. Cause they do the job for cheaper than anybody else. But blah, blah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, 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 you know, just that, that thing where you're, it's so easy to blame somebody else to just to point the finger over at that dude, point the finger. Look, Sometimes people work harder than you, you know, and, and for centuries in this fucking country, a white person would give a white person a hand up. There was always a workaround. So why are you upset when like a Mexican guy gives a Mexican guy a hand up or an Asian guy gives an Asian guy a hand up or a black guy gives a black guy a hand up? That should be, you know, <laughs> it only becomes an issue when it's them doing it. When, when you say, you know, when it's your buddy doing it or you got an in at the union, you got somebody like that and it's a white guy helping out a white guy. You're like, ah, oh, you know, it's just we're pals, we're friends, whatever. But then when you don't get the gig and a black guy gets it, you're like, oh, yeah, he fucking knew somebody fucking. Unbelievable. Well, that's how the fucking world works, man. Everybody knows somebody. And for you to be angry because that guy doesn't look like you and got the gig over you, that's on you. I, I I don't understand people who are still rooted in the prejudices they had as a kid. I, and like I said, it's because they're raised in anger and fear. I get it. I understand that. But then you expand and you involve and you grow up and you evolve, not involve. And you look out and you see the world and you see that people are dying and you see people are being affected negatively by these attitudes. And don't you grow? Don't you want everybody to be happy? And I'm not saying it's your job to make everybody happy, but you can make the world a better place. Cause that's another thing too, is everybody like, I genuinely had this thought. Like I had a thought where I wanted to go, what do I do here? Like to go to black, black people and go, what, what do I do? What can I do to help? How can I, but, but it's not incumbent upon them to tell me what I need to do to fucking help. I try to be an ally or a good guy or whatever the fuck I, you know, and that's, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Do you send money? I'm sure it helps, but is that enough? I don't know. I don't know. But I know something has to fucking happen. Something has to fucking change. The funny thing is last week, in the beginning of the fucking week, the the biggest story was a woman in Central Park who uh, who basically almost choked her dog to death because she was mad a black guy told her what she had to do. A black guy told her what to do. Like he said, Hey, you got to put your dog on a leash. And, and she freaked the fuck out. And, and then she actually, you can see the phone call. Like there's a video again, the dude who invented the fucking cell phone, you know, there's a term I've always heard where black people are like, Oh, that guy can come to the barbecue. This guy can come to the barbecue. The dude who invented the cell phone camera. I hope he's invited to all the barbecues in, in the parlance that I've heard it because that fucking dude, even even if he puts raisins in the potato salad, whatever the fuck I've read, uh, that dude has 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 done more to try to help people reclaim humanity from being treated like animals and exposing and putting a fucking disinfecting light on the fact that this is happening all the time everywhere. That's the thing. It used to be, oh, yeah, the South is racist, whatever the fuck. Dude, this shit's happened in Minnesota. 
That's fucking, they're just, they're eating a bowl of mayonnaise and a hot dish and fucking going to a hockey game. You think those people, and just, and I know it sounds like white people stuff, but also I didn't think there was hate in Minnesota. Like I would have never thought Minnesota was a joint like that. Cause like I said, growing up, you were like, oh yeah, the South, Rednecks, Hicks, Texas, whatever the fuck. But this shit is everywhere, man. Every fucking where. And I, and I, I, that's, that's why I find it exhausting. When I say to you, I'm exhausted and embarrassed. Uh, I'm embarrassed that it's still happening. I'm embarrassed that I don't know what to do to help. I'm embarrassed that I don't know what to do to change things or the world. And I'm embarrassed that there's, there's a part of me that says, you know what? Fuck the world. Burn these motherfuckers to the fucking ground. You know, when I see this shit going on in the streets, there's riots everywhere. There's riots in LA tonight. Like I said, sirens all over the place. Riots in Minneapolis, riots in Phoenix, riots in Denver, riots in New York. All this shit is fucking jumping off all over the goddamn place. And I see clips. I see video clips online of, of DC. They were outside the fucking white house. And I'll tell you what, they were outside the white house till late. And in my head, I was thinking, you know, this is this is something. This is fucking something. Because usually this kind of shit happens and then it, you know, they'll peter out and they might come back the next day. But there was a huge crowd outside the White House and the Secret Service was out there and there were barricades and they were fucking up the barricades. And in my head, I was thinking, this is a real thing. And I, I, <laughs> I watch these clips and, and I think to myself, you know what? Burn everything to the fucking ground. Do it. Because that's another thing that happens too with Facebook and everything is people talk about, you know, I have friends, I have plenty of friends who are, are, are disgusted by this and, and horrified by it and genuine tears don't know how to react. And, but again, we are all conditioned now to go and post that. And that's why I said, I didn't want the show to turn into all performative grief. Uh, red alert. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, it's danger in the streets for black men. It's high, it's open season on black men. And we've got a red alert where we've got to go. Uh, shut the fuck up. Jesus fucking Christ, man. You can talk about something without being faux important. You know, I mean, I, I, and, and look, there are people who could talk about this and give it the gravitas that is necessary. I watched Cornell West tonight and I was just, I was fucking amazed watching him with Anderson Cooper. I'm, I'm amazed they let him talk as long as they did because the man, he, he was speaking fucking truth. And, and I'm glad somebody there went, let him go. Let him, let him fucking talk. Let him do this. You know, I, I don't know how many clips of James Baldwin I can watch where, where people share them and go, oh yeah, but you know, James Baldwin had it right. Yeah. He ran it right in 1968. He had it right. We're, we're 50 years on from that and, and it hasn't changed. Like I said, people are conditioned now to get their voices out there. They go put their, and I did, I put my jokes on Twitter. I put not jokes about the death, but jokes about the fucking media coverage or whatever the fuck. Um, Rye comments. That's what we do. We all have the platform. We have the megaphone and the microphone. We're all fighting for the likes and the clicks and, and it's there. And on Facebook, I see people doing it with these long, you know, uh, my best friend in summer camp was a black man named Jake, whatever the fuck, you know, someone's got some bullshit story and then everybody comes in and goes hugs and, and it's all it all just seems so very performative and fucking dumb. And you just want to go, man, fuck off. What are you doing? And, and, and it couldn't mean as much to them as what I'm telling you on this show means to me. I understand that. But there's the cynic in me who's just like, yeah, it fucking bombed. And then even fucking worse are the people who try to fight against it. I, I don't know. Dude, let me ask you something. If you're I'm not even fucking asking, I'm fucking telling you. If a man is murdered in the street... 
by five cops, one of whom takes a fucking knee on his throat like he's saying a fucking prayer after scoring a touchdown in a fucking NCAA game in the third quarter. If, if, if you can watch that and then you come at me with a fucking chart to tell me about black-on-black violence, get... fucked hard with a cactus on a fucking pile driving unit. I let's build you one of those fucking sex machines and tie you up and stuff an apple in one end and a cactus up your ass on the other end and have you fucking ride it out. You chart carrying motherfucker. Who the fuck do you think you are? A man is dead. Men are dead. Women are dead. And you're going to put on a visor and and a pair of bifocals and clack your adding machine and look at the fucking data. People aren't fucking data. Black people aren't data. They were living, breathing human beings. And I don't need you to tell me that, oh, well, maybe he should have obeyed the cops. Fuck you, man. You live your life like that. You pay every dime in taxes. You live your life like that. You don't, you don't duck out of work a half hour early. Cause you know what? Forging a check or whatever the fuck they did. That's the, that's the crime equivalent of ducking out of work a half hour fucking early or fudging your fucking taxes. You don't get murdered for it. Selling loose cigarettes on the fucking street. And those are crimes. You can say, Oh, well he forged this and he did that and he sold cigarettes and whatever the fuck. And he resisted arrest. Okay. There was a dude in his own fucking apartment. A cop came in because she thought it was hers. And then she blew him the fuck away. Shot first. I don't even know if she's asked questions later. I have no idea. She went to fucking trial. That's all I fucking know. And she got found guilty. I haven't even seen the fucking sentence. Oh, wait. Oh, bullshit. Actually, I think I have. Didn't didn't the fucking parents of that guy forgive her in court? I tell you what, man, if I'm black people, I'm done forgiving fucking anybody for anything. I, I'm done. I'm done with the because that's that's another thing. They're always asked. This is this. It seems to me, as I said, because I'm in the club, uh, you know, you, you you do stuff, whatever the fuck, you, and and it slides. But black people are always told, turn the other cheek. Uh, you know, you should you should forgive your oppressor. You should we should we shall overcome. Let's fight for justice. Let's eventually it's going to happen. And that's what I'm talking about with like James Baldwin, who's like. Hey man, how much time do you fucking want? It took my father's, my father's time, my mother's time, my brother's time, my aunt's time, my uncle's time. How much time do you want for your fucking progress? Exactly. And I think honestly, maybe in the sixties, the late sixties, the early seventies, people thought, Oh, you know what? We're making real headway here. We, We can actually do this. We can fight fucking through this. And, uh, no, no. If, if anything, 50 years later, you look at it and you go, We're, we, we have no shot at fixing this. We got no choice. We got no chance. It's just become worse. And, and the people at the top administrations, whether it's Reagan talking about welfare mothers or Bill Clinton redoing the whole fucking welfare uh, uh, program and, and fucking people over. Or, or Bush starting a war in Iraq and giving poor people another job, the military, so they could go fucking die for this country because they saw it as the only way to go ahead and make money. Literally, if you're, if you're, if you're 
a black man. I mean, I, I, I hope you can go to school and, and accomplish good things and go to a great college and things like that. But it seems to me that in this country, they either try to hand you a football, a basketball or a gun. And that is fucking unacceptable, man. And you might want, you might want something different, but they don't care. That's, that's, that seems to be where they try to, to make, they, they try to herd you into those particular groups. Uh, whether it's, whether it's a gun in the military or, or a gun, uh, to, to just protect yourself on the street because you never know what the fuck is going to happen, man, or a basketball or a fucking, or, or a microphone, you know, it just, it just doesn't seem like there's any way for them to try to give black men a chance, black youths, a chance. The inner city is a fucking nightmare. 80 people in a classroom. Teachers that don't want to teach. And then again, like I said, people come with the data. Well, you know, uh, a lot of uh, black youths are violent. And then it, it, that's why the inner city, they fight with themselves and there's so much crime. Well, because there's no hope. There's no fucking way out. It's it's this fucking perpetual motion cycle of them possibly hoping a good thing can happen and then seeing somebody killed in the street or them not getting the job or or. Or, or somebody busting out the data to tell them why it's ignorant that they were allowed into college because of some sort of, oh, affirmative action, and that's the only reason you're here. And by the way, you weren't even born in this fucking country because we found your birth certificate, or at least we think we did, but it doesn't matter if we did or we didn't because we're going to convince fucking everybody that you weren't born in this fucking country and you're illegitimate and we shouldn't listen to you because you're fucking black. I mean, I don't like being told what to fucking do at the grocery store. Black men are told what to do constantly everywhere all the fucking time. And if they question anything, they're being angry. You know, you read these things where they said Barack Obama didn't, when he had both houses of Congress, he didn't want to shove any bills or legislation down anybody's throat because he wanted to be a centrist and he wanted to show that it was, you know, you could govern the right way and whatever the fuck. I don't know. I, I'll tell you what, I loved Obama for eight years and now I've read a bunch of shit after the fact that makes me go, hey, maybe I was uh, deluded a little bit. Maybe he wasn't the president I thought he was. But then again, he's eight billion times fucking better than this motherfucking sentient Yogi Bear costume from a fucking Brady Bunch episode. We got run of the country now. This fucking asshole, this this fucking parade float baseball mascot T-shirt gun with a fucking suit on and a fucking tie that's too fucking long leaning forward because he's got lifts in his shoes and diapers in his fucking pants twitching like a motherfucker. Cause he's on Adderall and fucking syphilis. This, this guy's an embarrassment, but for some reason, a segment of the population has rallied behind him as if he was Christ in fucking self rather than have an erudite, intelligent African-American man run this country. They were so offended by it that instead they voted for the pan from your leftover oil change to run this fucking country. What kind of message does that send to black people? And then the fucking second he gets into office, he just starts taking apart whatever legacy the black guy possibly could have had with a bunch of other rich white motherfuckers rooting him on. Because they're angry that a black man had the arrogance to run for fucking president and win. I watched Obama's first fucking acceptance speech 
from Grant Park in Chicago, I was in a fucking Mexican restaurant called Senior Fred's, which is no longer there. And it was me and, and Karen and Lily and her husband, David, and, and the whole fucking restaurant stopped. Wait staff, bartenders, everybody. We turned the TVs up and we watched it. And, and yes, as I say, every fucking episode, I, I cried. Lily cried. Karen cried because it, it was David did not because he has no emotions, but the rest of us all <laughs> David recognized the magnitude of it. But uh, but he didn't he wasn't as emotionally moved as the three of us were. But I felt I truly felt that a change had been made, that a dam had broken and that it was going to be different. And think about this. That's. That's a fucking 35-year-old white guy at the time. Or, or however, no, that's 8, 11 years ago. So I'm, I'm 41. That's a 41-year-old white guy who believed in hope and change and thought the world had turned for the better and we had made history and things were going to improve. Imagine what black people thought. Because there had to be people who had, who had given up hope of ever seeing that moment in their lifetimes, whether cynically or just out of virtual acceptance of the fact that black guys weren't going to get ahead or, or just because they'd been disappointed before they'd put built that fucking callus around their heart and they thought they would never be able to see this moment. And then when it happened, they, they, they had to shout with joy when it happened, Right. Didn't they, didn't they? And then look, I'm sure there was still that part that made them think things weren't going to change, but I still like to think that on that particular night, and look, this might be me, patriarchal, magical Negro, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I have to think that, that for black people, they had to see that moment as, as a, as a seminal moment, not only in the country's history, but also in their lives. They were taking breath the moment a black man won the presidency. That's that's fucking phenomenally huge. And <laughs> fucking 12 years later, I, nothing's changed at all. If anything, it's it's become worse. Because that moment that was so important to everyone or, or to some of us actually emboldened people to work harder to erase it from memory. As if it were some sort of stain on the country that they had to wipe off. Progress died in that moment because these people dedicated themselves to getting rid of any thought of hope for black people or young people or, or whomever, anyone who derived hope from that moment, they wanted to stamp it out. And here's the thing. It wasn't even like this fucking wildfire of hope. It was a match. It was a match stick of hope and change that had been struck. And in that second, when everybody delighted in the fact that possibly things could be different. The fucking hand of the oppressor just came along with thumb and forefinger and 
snuffed it out eight years later. And I don't know what that feels like for black people to see. Because and, and look, I don't want again. I don't want to ascribe the, uh, Obama was everybody's hero. I don't want to say that everybody was like, oh yeah, like black people might hate. They meant black people might have fucking hated him. Some of them might have. I don't know. But regardless of whether he was Obama or whatever, just the symbolism of what had happened was so huge for me. For I'll just talk from my fucking point of view. I, I've mentioned to you, like I said, I was I was upset because I sit here and I tell you that I hated Trump from the jump. I hated him from the beginning because I've hated him since I was a kid because I was I learned what he was all about when I was young. Well, I, I, I'm embarrassed about saying it's rich and poor because, you know, I, I, I used to do stand-up comedy, believe me, uh, believe it or not. And, uh, when I was writing bits or when I was talking, when I lived in Lake Tahoe, um, one time I was being interviewed and, and, uh, by a local, cause there was a funniest man in Tahoe contest and they were getting information, you know, what, and, and someone was like, what is the biggest problem in the world today? And everybody was talking about, and I said, racism, I said, racism. Then I said, if we don't do something about this now, it's going to fucking consume everything. And like I said, I'm not some fucking wizened old genius. Who's just like, well, I'm stroking my beard. Well, I the way I see it. No, I look, it didn't take a fucking Nostra fucking Domus to go, oh yeah, no, racism is going to destroy this planet to know that racism was going to destroy this planet. But I guess all of us had a progressive mindset where we just thought, well, you know, racism's always here because that's the, that's the truth too. Like I, when I tell you, I don't want to wake up in the morning and worry about what the president is doing. When I tell you, I don't want to get up and see what's happening in this country. When I tell you, I don't want to have to worry about what's going on again, though, I have the privilege of doing that because I'm in the club. I can just wake up and, and go, Hey, what, what's for lunch? Hey, I'm white. Hey, I don't, I don't really have, I mean, I have problems that are unique to me, certainly rent and cash and where I'm going to get money and what my career is going to be and all of these different things. But imagine having all of those concerns and also having the never ending shadow that your life could be ended in an instant because of your skin color. That's going to make you really wonder about going to college or make you, you know what I mean? Like that puts going, going to college into perspective. That puts any of my issues. Hey, what's for lunch? Hey, where am I going to go? Oh man, I got to make my rent. Oh man, my cell phone bill. All that shit pales in comparison to the fact that you could turn the corner and there could be three guys with ax handles or one guy with a gun or, 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 or a woman who says you raped her and ruins your fucking life. All of that shit could fucking happen because of your skin color. It's insane. I've said it before. This world is a wood chipper. It's hard enough to exist. So, so don't do any harm to anybody and be as kind as you can and just try to be happy. That's all that matters and make people happy around you. But do you know how fucking hard it is to live by that credo? If you don't know if you're going to be alive tomorrow because you got pulled over and you might've rolled your eyes and the guy didn't like it and he turned off his body cam and he pulled you out of the car to tune you up and you fought back because you thought you might die and he shoots you dead in the fucking street just because of your skin color. And again, man, I'm not fucking, you know, I'm no, I'm, I'm not the 
champion of civil rights. I'm not that guy. I was like, listen to me. I'm telling you the way it is and all this fucking bullshit. You know, I, I'm, I just, I'm just tired of seeing good people killed. I'm tired of seeing anybody murdered because of their skin color and then have people excuse it again. George Floyd already the fucking the, the statement put out by the coroner is is uh, that that he wasn't asphyxiated and that he had a heart condition that worked in concert with possible intoxicants along with. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you the coroner handing this cop his defense? Because that's all you've done. Did his lawyer do the autopsy? Because I'll tell you what, that's who fucking wrote that. Because you don't think he's going to drag that into court and go, oh, yeah, he had a beer on Thursday. So God knows he was still hyped up on fucking Tuesday when we killed him. Oh, you killed him? Well, not really. He was out of control. We had to control him at some point. Oh, you had to control him? Why? Why did you have to control a human being? Well, he had all forged a check. Did he? Oh, did he? Did he really forge a fucking check? And so you had to murder him? Well, again, he he had intoxicants. There were, he may have taken a quaalude of some sort. Oh, really? A quaalude? Or I, I don't fucking know. I don't know anything about drugs. I don't know what, what drug you could possibly take that would make them think it was acceptable to murder you in the fucking street. I got no fucking idea. And again, I'm fat. I need to worry about this shit because there's no doubt I got a fucking heart disease or a heart condition. And if it's going to work in concert with some intoxicant along with some fuckhead kneeling on my goddamn throat in the middle of the fucking street. Yeah, that's a hat trick that's going to put you fucking six feet under. So I'd like to know. Tell me the intoxicants, you fucks. Oh, just possible intoxicants. Oh, you just threw that out there just to muddy the waters. Did you say that only because we saw a video so we know what he was wearing and you can't say his dress was too short and that's why he got fucking raped? You fucking dicks. When you see it happen, how do you not recognize it? This this post-mortem racism is almost worse than fucking real-life racism because even in death, you get no peace. They still make you out to be the wild black guy who needed to be fucking controlled. They blame you because you might have had a beer or you smoked a joint and you forged a fucking check or whatever the fuck. And you needed to be punished for that. They're laying the groundwork for it. This fucking guy's got not going to jail. And then third degree murder. What the fuck is third degree murder? The only third degree murder should be as if you boil a pot of fucking water like Marvin Gaye's dad and throw it in his fucking face. And he fucking dies. Oh, no. You know what? I'm mixing up stories. It's Sam. Isn't it Sam Cook who got grits thrown on him? Who the fuck knows? Bobby Womack. One of those fucking guys got a pot of grits thrown on him. And it was a third degree death. Whatever the fuck. Marvin Gaye got shot by his dad. Excuse me. I apologize for mixing up my favorite soul singers demises. But man, oh man, third degree murder. The only way it should be third degree murder is if somebody fucking kills you with with fucking fire and you get third degree burns. Jesus, fuck. But they're laying the groundwork. And that dude will get off. That dude will get off. You know it. And then, like I said, here come the assholes with the fucking data. I literally saw a guy on Facebook today call a guy an animal. He's like, oh, well, these animals that are looting. Fuck you, man. These animals that are fucking looting, these people are fucking powerless and they don't know what the fuck to do. And if you keep bullying people and you keep pushing them and poking them and prodding them and treating them like they're less than, then 
you don't listen to them when they tell you there's an issue, then they're going to explode, motherfucker. It's going to happen. You know, I would, I would do it. If I was out there, I'd go fucking crazy. Now, look, I'm not going to do it because I'm like, I can't get out there. Like, you know, I see the protests and I see him burning shit down and I'm like, fuck it, do it, do it. Nobody else will fucking listen unless you fucking do it. You've got to do something. You've got to burn shit down. You got to wreck shit. I see. And I see, like I said, the people are like, they, they get that fucking, they get that tis ticks bullshit. They're like, oh, you're doing your own communities. You're doing terrible harm. And yeah, yeah, they are. People aren't thinking straight at this fucking point. And I think that there's bad actors out there as well. Did you see the video from the auto zone with the fucking white guy with the gas mask and the umbrella smashing windows with a hammer and then going right to his car. That guy wasn't out there for the fucking protest. That protest, dude, you see that fucking tape? There's, there's, there's a, you know, they're not even rioting at that point. There's the protest. People are standing. There's a guy with a fucking pizza. There's a guy with a pizza out there. All of a sudden, this fucking dude walks out of a goddamn uh, Columbine library with fucking head to toe black, a gas mask and an umbrella. And he smashes windows with a fucking hammer and he turns around and he's white. And he's like, get away from here. I'll tase you. I think he said, or I'll mace you, whatever the fuck he had on his belt. And then he gets in his car and he splits and, and, and people are trying to go, oh yeah, he was a rioter. He's not part of that fucking protest. Now, I'm not saying he was a cop because everybody's like, oh, no, he's this cop named Jason or whatever the fuck. And his wife identified him. And then that went around. And then here's my favorite part. The cops are like, no, no, it wasn't him. And we're supposed to go, oh, cool. So you guys, the guys who murdered the one dude, are we're going to listen to you now with this when you say it wasn't this fucking guy. But that's the issue. And that's the problem. I don't know what to fucking believe. It's all out there in this giant fucking tornado of of truth and fiction and falsehoods and death. And who the fuck knows? And that's what I mean by exhausted. This is, this is fascist behavior where they start hitting you with so much fucking information. You never know what's real and what isn't. And then you just eventually throw your fucking hands up and walk the fuck away. And then the next thing you know, fucking Hugo boss is designing your uniforms. What the fuck? Laney Reifenstahl's making three movies and Hugo Stiglitz is right there too, man. Who the fuck knows? And then Shoshana's got to close her theater and have a fucking showing and everybody gets fucking torched. I don't know, man. I just, I just... I see these clips, you know, they, there's clips on the street of like white dudes throwing barricades through a window and shit like that. And I, I don't, are they there because they're angry too? Or are they there causing trouble just to cause trouble and make more black guys look bad? I don't fucking know. And that's the thing. I, I, I believe there are bad actors involved. Do I believe, and look, do I believe that maybe some black dudes got violent too? Yes. But also I think they have a fucking reason and a right to be out there protesting and angry at this fucking time. Because like I said, they could get killed for buying the wrong pack of fucking gum because they said the wrong thing to the goddamn cashier. Every one of those fucking dudes is walking around with the gun of Damocles over his fucking head, man. It's a frosty fucking time. But in that fucking tape, like I said, that dude shows up with the fucking hammer and the umbrella. What the fuck is that? A hammer and umbrella? He looks he looks like a Batman henchman. He looks like, again, like I said, he looks like he has Roger Stone's accessories. Like he's got an umbrella. And in my head, I'm like, is that to keep drones from identifying him? Or what the fuck is that? Is that to fight off tear gas? I don't fucking know what the umbrella's for. But he got a hammer, he smashes out four windows, and he bails. That's fucking, dude, that's fucking banana. And like I said, there's a guy in that video with a fucking pizza. There's a dude walking around with a pizza. There's not, It's not a war zone yet. Until that dude shows up and smashes the windows of the fucking auto zone. Insane, insane, man. But then you see it and you're like, I don't know what the fuck to think. And I'm watching these tapes all fucking night and I'm seeing fucking people go at it and shit. And then yesterday fucking Trump with the tweet where he's like, hey, man, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, man, fuck you. Are you kidding me? Again, this country was supposedly built on disobedience. 
Don't be the guys who think you can fucking have the iron fist and make people obedient now. Hey, I went to school. They taught the Boston Tea Party in classrooms as the way to show you how we became who we are today. Yeah, 16 drunk dudes snuck on a boat and threw a bunch of shitty tea in the fucking harbor, and now, yay, we got a flag. What the fuck? And we're supposed to celebrate that because it's in a history book. But now these guys are fighting against tyranny. These guys are fighting against murder and oppression and being killed in the street. And you want them to behave. They're not going to fucking behave. Quit telling black people to behave. Quit telling them to be patient because the time for patience is over because every three days there's a video of one of them being disrespected at best or killed at worst. And you're being told that it's, oh yeah, no, it's not a problem. It's not an issue. You know, there's just more, here's my favorite thing. There's more cameras now. So it's making it look like these incidents are are happening uh, more frequently. No, wait, no, do the fucking math on that. You fuckhead. Listen to yourself. You're telling them that because there's more ways to expose this behavior, we're being exposed to this behavior more often. Is that, is that what you're going to go with? So you don't think that these incidents have always been happening? No, you think they were happening maybe at this frequency, which is fine. And, uh, but now because there's more videos, we're being shown them more often. So we think it's happening more frequently. That is, that is a Rube Goldbergian fucking concept that you've spun. That's, that's an inception sentence. Hey man, if we didn't have so many, it's like his with the fucking testing. Hey man, if we weren't testing so many people, there wouldn't be so much fucking germ. Oh really? Hey, if we didn't have so many fucking cameras, we wouldn't be able to film all these black guys getting murdered. That's the only reason it's happening so wait so so the cops are only doing it because the possibility they might be filmed are you saying that this is their norma desmond i'm ready for my close-up moment every time a cop sees a fucking camera he's gonna kill a black guy so he ends up in the fucking news are you saying that's what they're aspiring to because that's what it sounds like you're fucking explaining away with your data and your charts and your bullshit that does nothing more than get more black people killed and make more white people angry because you're trying to trick them into thinking that black people are getting some sort of I don't know, favorable behavior. I have never seen more people rush to, to lick boots than these motherfuckers who were telling you with data that black on black crime is a bigger issue than white on black crime. Well, that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about here, buddy. You know what I'm talking about? Blue on black crime. You got a fucking chart for that. You fucking stroke. You fucking hamhead. What's your fucking chart for blue on black crime? How's that look? Because I tell you what, the video evidence is stacking up and it's number one with several fucking bullets and a knee. You fucking people with your charts and your data and these animals are burning down their own neighborhood. Jesus, who the what fucking you godfather movie motherfucker yeah they're animals anyway so let them lose their souls i get it that's how you feel and then the fucking veil comes off because you forget that when you type shit and you put it on the goddamn internet anybody can fucking read it and then you'll double and triple down on your bullshit racism by going well i would call anybody who looted and burned down a building an animal oh really well you just decided to dog whistle the fuck out of it with a gigantic megaphone by uh, by putting the word animal on black guys and here's my favorite jedi mind trick they try well i didn't say black guys i said these people were acting like animals there's white people rioting too so maybe i meant all of them so it was your brain that made you think of black people as animals so maybe you're the real racist oh fuck you fortune cookie i know exactly what the fuck you meant you're not about to incept me into thinking that I'm the one who's in the fucking wrong here because again like I said I'm worried about the people that are dying and you're the one whipping out math 
You're the one who's going, well, take a look at this chart here. I'll pull down the and here's my pointer. And if you, well, if you look at this obtuse angle, you'll take a look at the fact that black people are dying in record numbers at the hands of black people. And by the way, the police are always smiling and they're getting fruit from the corner store. Get the fuck out of here, man. And then a month ago, you got fucking assholes with AR-15 screaming in cops' faces in state houses and nobody puts anybody down nobody's you know sweep the leg johnny i'm watching those fucking things and that's all i'm thinking cops are standing there flexing their fucking biceps ass fucks you know bald idiots with that fucking jim the anvil neidhart beard and their fucking ar-15s over their shoulder are screaming and pointing in the face of a cop and i'm like dude one of you cops sweep the fucking leg drop you know what guy i would almost i would almost dare those motherfuckers to shoot people in the state house you come here cosplaying with your fucking regiment out of the fucking hills, out of the woods, whatever the fuck. Literally, you guys, they're right out of the fucking Steve Earle song, Copperhead Road. They're just, they're just hiding up in the fucking hinterlands. They only come in town about twice a year. And when they do, it's because they go to the state house to bitch about the fact that they can't go get a tattoo. You fucking humps. You ridiculous piles of mashed potatoes with bad beards and AR-15s. But it doesn't fucking matter because they get to scream and yell and fucking do whatever they can to get in a cop's face. And the cops just stand there. They just stand there. These guys push them. They shove them. They point. They spit. They yell. No masks. And not one of these cops sweeps the leg. Not one of these cops gives them a three-finger jab to the fucking Adam's apple to watch them choke their fucking lungs out and fall on the goddamn ground. Dare those fat fucks to pull a gun on you. But no, they don't. Because they're in the club. Black guys not in the club. You mean to tell me if fucking 50 black guys with AR-15s showed up in Michigan at the Detroit State House? We'd still be hearing fucking gunshots. It's an embarrassment. It's a tragedy. And I don't know what the fuck to do about it. I don't. I'm watching clips tonight of the riots and uh, not even riots. It's a fucking rebellion. That's what I'm watching clips of. It's it's you can say civil unrest or the fuck you want to say. This is this is a rebellion. It's not a revolution. Not yet. Um, but it's a rebellion from people who are tired of being told they don't matter. It's a rebellion by a proud group of people who are tired of not being heard. Doesn't, doesn't that do anything to you with your chart and your data and these animals? And if they didn't do this or they didn't riot, if they just behaved, do you hear what you're saying? If they just behaved, what we'd continue to kneel on their necks and kill them in the street. If they just behaved, we would still come to their apartments thinking it was ours and then shoot them in their own homes. If they would only behave, we would still kick in their doors with a no knock warrant and murder them in their own beds because we got a number wrong on the fucking address. If they only behaved. They'll never be in the club. And they're waking up to that fact. They look, they've spoken it. They've known it. I believe they've, they've always felt it, but there, there, there was probably, 
certainly in different generations, there was optimism. People who lived through the 60s and saw the changes, you know, people who went through Jim Crow and were strong, sat at lunch counters or whatever the fuck, had the German shepherds sicked on them, had milkshakes poured in their fucking heads. These people fought and made it through because they thought that their kids would have a better world and it has to pain them to no fucking end to see that it's just not there. Sure, you can eat at the same lunch counter. Sure, you can sing on TV or play a basketball game and people will cheer for you, but you take that uniform off and you put a hoodie on and you go into a grocery store and you go down the wrong lane or the wrong aisle or somebody gives you a wrong look, you could wind up dead. Whether you're fucking Mike from New Orleans or Michael fucking Jordan, you could wind up dead because of your skin color, man. And then when you do die, the data will arrive to explain why you were supposed to. The data will arrive to explain why it's not that big of a tragedy. And I mentioned the people who lived through Jim Crow and I mentioned the people who raised them, their kids thinking that the world would be better, hoping, praying, and not seeing it manifest itself. And it has to be so disheartening. And I don't know what to do. I watched clips tonight. There, there, there's a fucking, there's a clip from Atlanta. You know, people in Atlanta are freaking the fuck out. Killer Mike from, from fucking uh, Run the Jewels. He, he gives a speech on television and, and eloquent fucking and, and in tears. And, and just this will not stand. Jamie Foxx in Minneapolis. Stephen Jackson. In, and, and it's funny. These, these are all men who've made their names and become uh, who they are because of a basketball, a microphone, and a camera. And so they're to be listened to. And they know that lending their image, their voice to this is necessary. It has to be done. But it also has to be fucking exhausting. Don't you think Jamie Foxx would just rather be millionaire? Running around, making movies, being unbelievably talented and fucking everything that moved? Don't you think Steven Jackson would love to just fucking live his post-NBA life by, you know, doing podcasts with his boys or hanging out with the fucking guys, going to the gym, shooting some and having fun, raising their kids, whatever the fuck? Don't you think Killer Mike would much rather be working on fucking songs than having to get in front of a podium in front of reporters and police alike standing next to the mayor telling people who look like him to please go home because we can't lose the city tonight? These people have been thrust into these positions by a world that treats people who look like them unjustly. And they should be fucking respected for stepping forward. But I always see that too. It's like, oh yeah, well, of course, Jamie Foxx. It's like when people used to talk about Jesse Jackson. Oh, Jesse Jackson's an opportunist. Oh my God, Jesse Jackson. Look at him just showing up whenever there's anything. Hey, Jesse Jackson saw an opportunity, certainly maybe to get a bigger name for himself. So then he could possibly get some power in this hellscape of a fucking country and he could do something to help his fucking people. Not everyone's on the take. Or sometimes you got to be on the take to get where you want to be. Maybe Jesse Jackson made trade-offs to do the things that he wanted to do or things that he didn't think he should do or he made himself visible at all times, taking on any, you know, uh, 
the thing that makes me laugh is like he would get involved in causes big and small and he would be made fun of as an opportunist and oh look at this guy oh he's just he's like you know it's it's like that uh gloria allred who shows up and takes any case for the for a woman who's been wronged and people are like oh these ambulance chasers all these they just like having their face on camera and it's like well if they didn't do it who would the next guy and then you know what you'd do you'd call him an ambulance chaser and you'd call him an opportunist These people will never be able to behave the way you want them to behave because all you want them to do is shut up and fucking go away. And please, though, that's not a blanket statement about everybody. You know who I'm talking about. Anybody who whips out the data, anybody who whips out a fucking chart. Another thing they do whenever there's anybody complaining about anything. Anybody, you know, like, like I said, I watched the fucking clip tonight from Atlanta. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to lose this thought. I saw killer Mike tonight. Like I said, I saw Jamie, Steven Jackson used to call George Floyd twins, Steven Jackson, NBA player. And he, he helped his friend. He would send him boxes of clothes. He did what he could to take care of him. And, uh, and he finds out via text. If listen to Steven Jackson, tell the story. I believe it was his wife or his girlfriend who sent him the video and uh, a link to the video. And he watched it and he just went, great. They're doing this again. Another black man fucking murdered in the street. And then he said he had just woke up. So he was all fucking blurry eyed. And then he looks, he's got 50 text messages. They're like, see what they did to twin in fucking Minneapolis. And he realizes it's George Floyd, a man he loved. And he fucking screamed in his bed because he realized, you know what? He felt awful enough that it was another black man who'd been killed on fucking camera. But now he knew that it was his best friend. And he immediately packed up and he went to fucking Minneapolis to do whatever he could do. And he stood in front of fucking microphones today and he gave an eloquent speech about how this will not stand. And man, I hope he's right. Jamie Foxx too, Killer Mike, I, uh, anybody who speaks. The police chief in Atlanta had, had was impressive. Cornell West was impressive. And this looks like a tipping point, but I don't know. I don't fucking know. I can't be sure. I mentioned that all these dudes pull out the data. They pull out the statistics. Well, black on black crime says this. Well, oh, don't you understand that if he had just done what he was told, if he'd only behave, then things would be fine. And he would have, he'd still be alive today. They always pull that shit out. You know what else? You know what else is the trope that white guys always pull out when this fucking happens? And this is always the tell. This is always the fucking tell when you can see that a guy doesn't fucking get it. When a guy starts quoting fucking MLK. When a guy starts quoting Martin Luther King and telling you that, uh, oh, well, you know, here's the thing. Violence is never the answer. Why Martin Luther King himself, he would say these. And then people will come back at them and go, oh, really? What about his language where he said that violence is the voice of the unheard? He understood rioting because violence is the voice of the unheard. Martin Luther King III uh, put that out this week. And then people were yelling at him, telling him that Martin Luther King would not believe that he, they're telling him they're telling Martin Luther King the third that Martin Luther King didn't believe in violence. They're 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 actuallying Martin Luther King's relative. They're 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 dropping that in his fucking lap, telling him what Martin Luther Martin Luther King would do. When the direct quote from Martin Luther King was, um, "Violence is the is the language of the unheard." And they always come back with that quote where they say, "Oh no, you know Martin Luther King was." preached against violence. Martin Luther King wanted us to understand and wanted harmony and he wanted peace and he wanted to achieve these things by nonviolent means. 
And there's an answer to that. Whenever anybody comes to you in instances like this and they drop Martin Luther King in your lap by telling you that he preached peace, he preached understanding, he preached nonviolent solutions to violent problems. You can say, yeah, that's true. And then they shot him in the fucking head. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I am also on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Any and all of those places I am available, please find me there. That would be great. Our friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for the show. You can find him. He is available at uh, facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Get him there. And David Hernandez uh, does all of the work uh, musically and artwork for this show. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Uh, when you join his page, become his friend, you will see in his photos. He has done a ton of artwork for me, uh, not only on my individual page, but also on the Westside 86 Jokers, which is the fan club of the Mike Schmidt podcast. Um, you can see the artwork that he's done. See the work that he's done. He also has a closed group called This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb. You can join that group and see even more of his impressive artwork. Go ahead and do that, please. Uh, when you join the club, he will ask you three questions. You'll have to answer them, please, and do it in a nice way. Don't be a jagoff. Uh, and then you'll get into the group. You'll see the work he's created, uh, individual characters for that group. Uh, his art, he's just, he's just an imaginative, talented motherfucker. And you want him in your life. I'm lucky he's in mine. You can see the artwork he's created for that group. You can see the artwork he's created for the West 86 Jokers. And um, and you can hire him to do stuff too as well. He hires himself out. He works in oils. He works in watercolors. He can do paintings. He can do your Facebook caricature. Whatever you would want from him, whatever you need from him, he's got it, man. With enough uh, notice and time and everything like that, he can create a masterpiece for you because he's done it for me several times. And uh, like I said, you can find it at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez or you can go to his website and see uh, even a different variety of his artwork there as well. Get a feel for the, all of the things that he can do because Jesus Christ, the dude's a Swiss army knife. He can do anything you ask. And uh, you can get these examples at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and also at his website art by DMH.com. That's a R T B Y D M H.com.
It's funny, I never got to finish my thought uh, about the, watching the clip of the riots in Atlanta. There, uh, there's a clip I saw tonight where, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of crazy shit going on. In L.A., some dudes hot-wired a fucking, no, it was Oakland. Oakland, these dudes hot-wired a fucking, like, dump truck-looking thing, like a like a road construction grader. I don't fucking know. And, and like I said, you watch these clips. I don't know who's behind it. And, yeah, are there jackasses just fucking around? Yes, who maybe not care about the cause, whatever the fuck. It's, uh... Stay safe. It's just it's just fucking weird out there. But the weirdest thing I saw was in Atlanta. I, I don't I'm sure there's gonna be an explanation about this at some point, but outside of a mall, there was uh there was a fucking kid militia. Did you see this? Little fucking kids like with fucking sh- holding shields and some of them had guns. There's a kid like twelve years old. 
guarding the mall, like guarding a Macy's, a fucking Macy's. This kid's going to guard a Macy's. Dudes, listen to me. If those fucking kids were in their house and their mom was like, hey, let's go to Macy's, they'd be like, fuck that. And they'd do everything they could not to go. But now they're dressed in fatigues and they're the last line of fucking defense between looters and a fucking Swarovski box necklace. Get the fuck out of here. You're joking, right? Um, But they're standing there and these poor kids, I mean, I look... I'm sure they've been brainwashed and told this is the fucking thing to do or they'll get ROTC credit. I don't fucking know, man. But it was just, you're, that's child abuse. You it, Look, dressing the kid up in fatigues alone is child abuse. But then you drag his ass off the fucking hill. That kid just wants to be on PS4. That kid wants to play The Witcher. It's all he wants to fucking do. That kid wants to be Spider-Man. He doesn't want to be fucking Sergeant Rock. What the fuck are you doing? Training these little Rambos to guard a fucking mall. That's the worst part. At least let them guard a... A fucking Dave and Buster's or a Build-A-Bear or a McDonald's. Something a kid would like, probably. But no, you're going to have him stand in front of a Macy's. Why? Is there some fucking woman can buy some Ann Klein blouse tomorrow? Get the fuck out of here. Let the looters have the mall, you people. It's like the fucking Target. When the the, the Target went under and people are freaking out again. Oh, I, I can't believe they went ahead and did the, the, they robbed a Target or whatever the fuck. Dude, it's, it's fucking Target. They got a million of them. And there's protesters there. There's a woman there. She's trying to fucking guard people from going inside the goddamn target. And, and it's a woman. Look, she's a white woman in a wheelchair and she's guarding the exit. Like, And she claims she was like, I'm just trying to, to guard against looting. And, I, and, you know, look, man, you're in a wheelchair or a jazzy, whatever the fuck you're in. You're not exactly Batman, man. Fucking back the fuck off. Let these guys go in. And if someone wants to steal a fucking uh, 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 a knockoff China set or whatever the fuck, let them do it. But then she's stabbing people. She had like something in her hand and she's stabbing them. And here's the best part. You got to see this video if you haven't fucking seen it. The, the world of found video. Like I said, that cell phone camera dude is a fucking king. This woman is, she's trying to block the entrance. She rolls the jazzy up there and she plants her big fucking thighs like in front of the door. And, uh, and people are yelling at her and they're dragging her. And then, and then it turns to physical and it's not fight. That's not a good look for anybody, man. Cause then I see people, of course they all twist it online. Oh, an elderly woman was assaulted outside the target and she was disabled. And then, Oh really? Well, here's a video of her getting out of her chair and walking over to confront some tr- uh, fucking protesters. And also she's 30. We found out who she is and she's 30 fucking years old. That's not er- elderly or disabled. So guess what? Strike fucking two. How about white? you're mad about that right white woman attacked by protesters well maybe she shouldn't have thought she was fucking tina target and parked herself in front of the fucking door stay out of the fucking way you don't want bad shit to happen don't fucking be out there get out of there i'm gonna be a hero and save the fucking target get fucked and in the video here's the best part she's (laughs) she's sitting there she's guarding the door and she's trying to stab people and people are grabbing her and all this shit and she's yelling and some dude walks up and fucking unloads a fire extinguisher in her face. I mean, just like a comical fucking like 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 the last shot in a pie fight in an old movie when there's one guy who hasn't been hit with a pie the entire time. And he's like, well, I got through this unscathed and everybody in the fucking room hits him with a pie at once. This chick gets fucking blasted by a fire extinguisher right in the mush, right in the elderly, disabled, jazzy riding protester stabbing mush, takes it right in the grill. And then later, you know, then she's crying. She's on a fucking video. She's like, I was just, I was just trying to protect the target. I was just trying to stop the loot. And then, dude, fuck that. You shouldn't be out there in the first fucking place. And then, and then to appoint yourself to fucking 
the hero of the block. What are you doing, man? That's a good, you know what that, that's a, I recommend this. If you're in a jazzy and you're all fucking disabled and you're sad and you want to go out and protect people, don't. Cause that's a good way to get a fire extinguisher unloaded in your fucking face and you'll become a meme or a fucking hilarious clip for the rest of your life. If you want to be a meme, head out there by all means, go ahead and try to f- fucking protect the joint. If you want to be something that people, if you want to be a cautionary tale, roll your motherfucking jazzy in front of the target and go, no one will pass. Oh, really? We won't? Well, here's some Riddler's three for you. Answer these. What's the airspeed velocity of a fucking African-European swallow? And by the way, (laughs) fucking fire extinguisher right in the fucking fat mush. Take that, lady. People are fucking insane. Kids guarding malls. Woman trying to defend the target. Just fucking get out of the way, man. Just get, get out the way. Oh, yeah, get out the way. That's a ludicrous to tell you. I'm here to tell him for you or tell you for him. <sighs> All right, man. Look, I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a plug fest. Um, if you'll notice the artwork for the show, there's there's some links where you can click and you can donate and give some money this week. Um, that would be really great. I will give these just in case, but I will tell you any money I make uh, this week will go toward the links you see on on your artwork. Um, I'm at Cameo. If you want to hire me to do a Cameo, you can do that. That's bookcameo.com or the Cameo app on your phone. You know, I'm there and I'm happy to do it. Whatever you want me to do, feel free to, to hire me. And like I said, any money I make uh, from Cameos, this I'll tell you what, we'll do it this way. It's, it's so late in the month. Um, whatever I make this week, from cameo and then all of june anything i make from cameo will go to the links on your screen uh on your fucking whatever the fuck on your ipod vagina wherever um so that's cameo uh there's the amazon link right now there's the uh if you go to mike you go to the merchandise page there's the uh the amazon link right there click on that and uh and do the shop in there that'd be pretty cool i will tell you this that um my amazon money for this month that i it should be here because it's the end of may um, it should be here in a day or two, but I will also, um, I will be giving it to the links that you see on your, on your artwork there. So whatever my, cause that, and it's backloaded. So this is like the money I made in February, I think, or March. So, and so I'll be getting it here in May. And, um, so yeah, so, and my Amazon check from this month will go to that and any, uh, if you, well, so I can't just use the Amazon link. So like, like you're, so you're back contributing because i can't i can't keep track of it that way it's a weird thing where like i said i'm three months in arrears so it's like i can't i won't know what you spent this week at amazon <laughs> that kind of deal so i'll just give my whole my may check from amazon will go um and if you guys go ahead and use the link that'd be great um so so th- that's that's the main things i make right cameo and that patreon is uh you know you guys are so cool for thinking of me with the patreon um I, you know, Patreon pays my rent. I will do what I can to give some money, uh, like I said. But uh, <clears throat> the Amazon money will go. The Cameo money will go. We'll figure it out that way. Um, but if you want to come a Patreon, you can do that as well. Um, also, I have the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I have twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. And we'll do this as well. Um, you know, people are very nice and they give money. Uh, via twitch they they do bits they do subscriptions things like that so it's um as i record this it is saturday morning like four in the morning so that's may 30th so this weekend the 30th and the 31st i'll be streaming on saturday and sunday um whatever money i make from twitch this weekend will also go to these links so i will i will donate money to those links and uh and also to a um there's black Lives black lives matter in la 
and uh, I I'm I didn't did I include that link? I didn't. You know why? Because that seems very specific to here. Um, I don't think there's a National Black Lives Matter link. Maybe there is. Maybe I'll, if, if it is, I'll put it on the page. Um, but there's the one here in LA too that I'll be I'll be giving to. So. Um, so all the Twitch, whatever Twitch money we make this weekend, any subscriptions, any bits, any, any hype train stuff will go and get sent. And that's this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, tomorrow's stream is only going to be like two and a half hours on Saturday or today. It's Jesus. Um, but then Sunday, you know what I'll do? A, I'll do a longer stream, four hours to try to make some money and, and, and give it away. So, um, so there you go. So, so, uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Subscribe to both of those. Please join me for uh, streams and follow and subscribe. Then you'll know when I'm always on there. And like I said, my Amazon money will go, uh, there this month. And then, uh, my, whatever cameo I make for June, the, the next couple days, and then whatever I make for June from cameo will go as well. So think of me. And when you think of garbage, think of Akeem. And when you think of me, uh, by all means, do that so then I can do what I can to give people as much money as possible. <laughs> Let's fucking, you know, I, and believe me, I, every dime I give them is one less dime I can put in the kitty to go to fucking Canada and move and stay and hide. Uh, but that is, that is always a possibility. It's always in my brain. I want to thank a few people here really quickly. Um, first of all, let's, let's thank financial people. Some people came through this week with PayPal and Venmo. Uh, our buddy Matt Henshaw and our good friend Tanya Shabali, uh, Tanya, Tanya. I was just, I'm, I'm teasing her at this point. She knows that I know how to say her name. Uh, Tanya Shabali is our great friend in Canada. She came through during a PayPal stream or uh, I'm sorry, a, a Twitch stream sent me 10 bucks uh, and Matt kicked in some money through PayPal. Uh, thank you so much. Both of you, you guys, I love you guys. You guys have always been there. Um, and I appreciate you thinking of me and sending me anything. Matt and I had a nice uh, conversation this week. Uh, I had to send him some audio because I hate uh, typing so bad. <laughs> it was so bad, but I had to send him audio, unfortunately, so he had to listen to that. Uh, but thank you, Matt, and thank you, Tanya, for thinking of me via PayPal. And uh, we had some new Patreon people this week, as a matter of fact. Um, our good friend Peter is on board now at Patreon. Peter, thank you for thinking of me. I'm glad you did. Thank you so much. Uh, our good friend Justin from Arizona, who I will be watching the UFC with tomorrow via Zoom here or tonight. Jesus, fuck. Um, he thought of me and he signed up to be a Patreon person, which is very nice of him. And I am glad that he did. Uh, and our buddy Scott uh, uh, Gerwitz is a new Patreon subscriber. Scott has signed up. And uh, well, actually, uh, Scott actually bumped up his. He was already a Patreon person. And Scott bumped up his uh, his amount that he was giving. Uh, and like I mentioned, there's Peter, there's Justin, Scott Gerwitz, and our great friend Hannah. Our friend Hannah Frostman has stepped up and uh, and and going ahead and signed up from England, and it makes me very happy that she did. Uh, thank you for thinking of me, Hannah, Peter, Justin, Scott, Matt, and Tanya. Uh, I'm glad you thought of me, and I uh, I will do my best to make you happy. I don't know what that means, but I will. Uh, thank you again. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for thinking of me. That's great. Appreciate it. Uh, I should mention sponsors. We do have a sponsor for our show. Our great friend. Uh, our friend, uh, fearful Jesuit over there at the paranoid strain podcast. He has part two of his 15 part series about COVID-19, the coronavirus and all of the myths and all of the nonsense that goes in and around it. Um, you know, I've been, I've been talking about it. He's talking about it, but he's doing it in a, in a, in a much better way, much more eloquent way. He and Danny unicorn, um, you should go ahead and check it out. It's available in the iTunes store right now uh paranoid strain podcast go in the itunes store leave a review at the, at the apple podcast store or the itunes store whatever it is leave a review in there saying how much you enjoy the show how much you uh liked hearing about it from me and it'll convince fearful jesuit to stick around uh who knows if he will but he might who knows um or write him a note 
theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note and tell him uh, how much you love the show, how much you em- em- enjoy him debunking things. Uh, I picture him. It's funny. Like, because again, I was watching a bunch of shit and there's all like, I almost want to assign him homework. Like when I said watching these clips, I don't know what's true and what isn't. I don't know if there's like, if there's bad actors within these people that are protesting, if any of this is real, I don't know. I don't know. So I think that's, you know, we got to get Jesuit on the case. You and Dana, buddy, you got to go ahead and figure it all out. Find out what's happening to and fro up and down. Uh, but right now, let's let them take apart these fucking idiots who are trying to exploit the coronavirus. Uh, go ahead and find that podcast, the Paranoid Strain podcast, available in the iTunes store right now. Go ahead and download it. Check it out. And uh, and that would be the best if you did that, because I would be happy. You'd be happy, right? Wouldn't you be happy? We'd all be happy. Um, yeah. So and, and the show's late again. That's my fault. Uh, it shouldn't be this late ever, but it is. And I just because I didn't know. I didn't know what to make this, you know, I wasn't sure because I, I, I kept thinking about being all somber and shit, but that's not me, man. But also at the same time, this is fucking serious shit. This is fucking stuff that needs to be discussed. And, uh, and people have been very kind to me in the past two months to tell me, cause I, I, again, I will share this with you because what the fuck, why not? I, I worry, you know, because you can get your news anywhere. You can get stuff on Twitter will kill you. Facebook will destroy you. Everybody's got an opinion and a megaphone and all sorts of bullshit that they're saying. And you can get fatigue, man. You don't want to fucking hear this stuff over and over and over all the goddamn time. You hear it all the time. Stick to sports, stick to comedy, whatever the fuck. But this show has always been about my life. Um, And right now, this is my life is paying attention to the news, paying attention to honestly, what looks to me to be a failing empire and, and seeing it and trying to document it verbally for you guys dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with this now. And I look, how weird is that? The fucking germ takes a back seat. All this shit hits the fucking fan. I see people out protesting. And that's another thing people have weaponized by saying shit like, oh, well, I guess the coronavirus must have been a hoax. If you're not social distancing, you're out protesting. Fuck you, man. You disingenuous motherfuckers. No, it just meant that this is infinitely more important and people were willing to risk it all to go out and protest, even in the face of a disease or a virus that could possibly lay them fucking low. You know what? Fear of the germ had to be superseded by fear that someday we could maybe be killed under color of authority and we want to go out and make some fucking noise about it. So quit doing that fucking, oh, well, I guess it must be this or that or whatever. Quit hiding behind your fucking keyboards and trying to fucking trick everybody with your chicanery. Nobody likes chicanery. Just come right out and fucking say it. Quit your hijinks. Nobody likes shenanigans and especially shelf your tomfoolery. We got no fucking time for that anymore, goddammit. The fucking cicadas are back. You know that. 17 years, the cicadas are back. And by the way, how fuck pissed at the cicada is going to be now. Jesus Christ, those fucking dudes, they show up 17 years, they fucking eat and everything. And then they go, oh, you know what? We're going to go back in the ground now and go dig down to hell or whatever the fuck. Go say hi to Dante in the eighth circle. And we'll be back in 17 years. You better clean this shit up by then. So the last time they were here was what? 2003. The Iraq war was fucking raging. All sorts of bullshit was going on. I don't know if they were here for hanging chads or what, but they're like, fuck this. We're going in the ground. You better fix all this shit. Now the fucking cicadas are going to come out of the ground to this in 2020. They're going to be like, holy fuck. Why are we even trusting you fucking guys? I think this is the time where the cicadas just go, you know what? You guys keep fucking this up. We're staying. That's right. Don't even think you're going to try to get over on us or try to make us go ahead and fucking disappear into the goddamn ground because that's it. We're taking over. You motherfuckers can't be trusted. You can't do this shit on your own. It's pretty obvious that you're not going to be able to take everything on your own fucking self. So we've got plenty of experience. You know what? It seems to us that we go into the ground for 17 years and then you spend the 17 years with your heads in the fucking ground or even worse, up your fucking asses in some weird human centipede of non-improvement. So you know what? We're just going to fucking eat you motherfuckers and take over this goddamn planet. Fuck, fuck 
Earth. It's Cicada Town now. That's right. <laughs> Don't even fucking worry about it. Forget it, Jake. It's fucking Cicada Town. You can't fucking handle our title. We're going to swim around like mantises, eat all your fucking crops, and we're just going to fucking... Bear- you know, this time, that's... You know what? Fuck that. Here's the thing. We're not even taking over. Just give us 17 years to straighten this shit out. How about that? How about now this time you guys go underground for 17 fucking years and give us the planet to fucking fix this stuff? I guarantee you, you come back in 2037, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, we could have done this? Yes, you could have done this. Look at this, clean air, no nukes, and everybody's nice to one another. God damn it, leave it to the bugs. The bugs will fix this fucking planet. You guys go underground, let us fucking stay above for 17 years. Podcast! Podcast!